What's up, everybody? Kevin Wagstaff here with another episode of Spectora Spotlight. I'm publishing this one from a few weeks ago. Um, I just dropped the ball, didn't get it edited and published in time, but this is from around the holidays. Um, but this is Jed Kessner, and this is one of my favorite episodes for a different kind of reason. Mostly I have uh, multis, high growth stories, how people did you know, amazing things in this industry. And Jed has a solid business going, but it's it's more typical and representative of what home inspectors go through growing their business through the first couple of years, phasing out of a part-time job, and balancing life. And so he's very real and, and vulnerable about that journey and is, and is okay with it, which I love because that's we need more of this. And so um, I will be getting more folks like this on that can tell their journey. That's more relatable to most inspectors out there. So for you new inspectors, couple years in, gaining traction, not gaining traction, this you can learn from this and i think this is if nothing else um you know humanizes and and normalizes that that journey so hope you enjoy it um again subscribe apple google and uh if anyone has ideas for guests i am all ears let me know thanks guys enjoy right on well uh well first thanks for making taking the time out during the holidays i thought this week would be impossible to get anybody but it turns out people actually have time between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, actually, I'm trying to catch up on a little thing, um, admin stuff, uh, do some planning for next year, and just kind of get all these logistics things, admin stuff done before the uh, year starts. Yeah, I think everyone wants to talk about like resting and relaxing, but then I think the the closet uh, perfectionists and hard workers all love this week because it slows down a little and then we can uh, work on stuff and, and kind of get peace of mind. Yeah, I'm realizing that uh, I try to do some stuff for agents at the end of the year. And this year, I'm going to try to do something before New Year's. So I'm realizing that that's kind of now. Yep, it's right <laughs> now. Love it. Really, yeah, we don't really have any extra time. Uh, Christmas on the pretty much close to the weekend puts everything just really close to New Year. So so how was the holidays for you? I know different holidays for pretty much everyone, I imagine. How was uh, How was your experience this last week? Yeah, it was fine. It was pretty cool, pretty quiet with just with the family. But um, yeah, it was it was fine. It was, it was nice just to take some time off and uh, catch up with the family. Very nice. Yeah, laid back. The same. It's it almost didn't feel like a huge holiday. It was kind of just yeah. it kind of came quick, and everyone kind of obviously didn't travel as much. So, yeah. um, but hey, on on to the next year. So. Yeah, let's yeah. jump into let's jump into you. I want I want you to kind of tee up for everyone listening, um, kind of how you got to where you are today, and then we'll dig into a lot of these fun topics. I'm 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 pumped to talk about these things because uh, we'll get into it. We'll just get into it. I don't want to allude to anything, but go ahead and tell <laughs> us your background and kind of you know years in the business and what what got you to today. Yeah, so it's interesting because a lot of guys have a similar story in that uh, their background is theology or pastoral ministry or something like that. And so I actually have a uh, postgraduate degree in theology and Hebrew and Old Testament studies. And when I came out here uh, back from, oh, I grew up in Longmont, but then went out east to go to school and then came back. And the churches that I was going to be part of or was likely to be part of just didn't have any way of paying me. And so I tried to raise your own support type of thing. And that just, that sucks. And I guess some people do it, but I don't, I didn't really enjoy that at all. Mm -hmm. And so I was on staff of the church, small church. And at some point they're like, Hey, you're going to need to find your own 
job, you're going to need to raise your support yourself. And so, um, one day we were, my wife and I were just talking and she's like, yeah, we'd thrown around the idea of doing realty and being a realtor, but I'm not really that personality. I'm, uh, that doesn't fit me super well. And one day my wife was just like, yeah, you should, we had a good experience with our home inspector. You should, you should look into that. And that's kind of the rest is history, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, let's dig into this. Cause I think this was one of the things you mentioned to me in your email of, I, it's easy when, when someone, when I have someone on the podcast and, you know, so much of business and observing others is like aspirational, right? If someone's super charismatic, their business is growing great. You have 15 inspectors. That's not relatable to most people in our business. And we know that. And yeah. so that's why I was so excited to talk about this. So let's talk about how you kind of navigate this business, uh, in this role, maybe not being, not feeling like, you know, the life of the party, the most charismatic person, because that's a lot of people in this business. Let's face it. Like that's, it's just the nature of it and you got to work around your strengths. So talk to me a little bit about how you think about that. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's probably also good just to back up a little bit and say, I started the business in 2017, January, 2017. So this is the end of my fourth year. Mm -hmm. And thus far I've done, you know, almost 450 inspections this year I'll do, I think I'm right at hundred inspections a year. So my first year I did like 30 inspections. Next year I did like a hundred and something right at a hundred. Next year I did. So 2019, I did like 125 and this year I'm on, on track for like 170. So I've had some pretty slow growth. And I think if I'm honest with myself, looking back with my business goal thus far has just been, Hey, just make it just, just, make it just get the number of inspections you need to make revenue and um you know that's it's kind of vague and i think for some of us it, it just works to get started and maybe we don't have a good grasp of what the business looks like but just kind of launched out there and um tried to do introduce myself to realtors trying to get an idea of like the landscape because i didn't come from a realtor background or even much interaction with agents mm -hmm. Uh, so I tried the like leave a candy bowl type of thing. I left some cards and sticky notes at various different agencies and I never really got traction with that much at all. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm sure I got some business somewhere from it, but it's very, very low return on investment. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're asking how I manage that. Um, at the same time, there's, I was working a second job at FedEx until March of this year. So it's kind of the chicken or the egg or, you know, six of one half of it is the other. But at one point, if you just launch out and do it, you probably have a little bit faster growth if you're still working a second part-time job for a long time. Um, you're probably going to grow a little bit slower. And I think that was the case in my situation. Well, first of all, I want to say congrats because let, let's be real. A third of the industry churns every year. We have the numbers. It's a, and that's a low number. That's a conservative. So sure. for making it, you're right. That's a great goal to have and perfectly okay. And we should normalize saying, gosh, 170 inspections in a year. It's freaking great for, for a solo. So. Yeah. Especially um, in, in my fourth year of a business, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'm, you know, I'm hoping for more and I think I have some aspirations for, turn a corner a little bit and get a little bit more momentum going this year. But, um, 
yeah, 170 is, is great for my fourth year. Yeah. And slow growth is okay. Cause it's growth. And, uh, you know, as, as fast as some people think Spectora has grown in our industry, it, it, we definitely compare ourselves unfairly to normal tech companies who grow far faster. So then we're kind of the slow growth story and we've kind of embraced that and said, Hey, 1% every day is an amazing path to growth. Right. Yeah. And I think it's helped me understand the business too. So four years in, I'm have much better chance of saying like, Hey, this doesn't fit with what I'm doing. If people call me and say, Hey, you should, you should jump on this opportunity. This doesn't fit with what I'm doing. This, this is not a good fit for me. Um, there's plenty of business opportunities, home advisor, et cetera, et cetera. They call you every week. And that was a struggle in the first part of my business is figuring out like, how do I weed through all these marketing uh, suggestions all telling me they're going to get a huge return on investment and increase ad clicks and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's given me a whole lot better idea of like navigating and understanding just the industry itself. Yeah. Let's talk about the second, um, the second job, part-time job thing. So congrats for one on, you know, March of this year, you know, taking the leap. Um, yeah. Hopefully it was, yeah, voluntary. I know that was right around scary COVID time as well. It was, yeah, it was so weird. I, uh, I had a really great January and February of 2020. And so I was going to step back even more part-time at FedEx. I was driving as a driver for them. I was going to step back even more. And then I realized, you know what? I've just got to quit. I've just got to move on. And we figured out some insurance stuff. And then like three weeks later, COVID hit and all these lockdowns. I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but it all worked out fine. And actually, I had a few weeks in uh, March and April that were, everyone was kind of like, what's going on? What's happening? And it, they were pretty slow, but um, it picked up right up again after that. So That's good. Yeah, I'm glad it followed the same trajectory that a lot of folks are saying of like a couple weeks to a month or two of what the mm-hmm. hell's going on how are we going to survive? It's all going to shit to, okay, we're going to be okay. Real estate, the rates are still really low and people are still buying houses. Um, Well, I want to, let's go back to when you first got in the business, because I think the second job thing, the part-time job, so common. And a lot of people probably want to hear how you, how you navigated it. Little, little, any tips or things that helped you in terms of like scheduling or, um, yeah, just kind of like that balancing act because it it's not easy. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember yeah. I remember how hard it was. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely a challenge to balance all those things. On top of all that, my wife works one day a week. So I was juggling either watching the kids for that day um, and then working part-time. And so my, my job at FedEx was about the best part-time gig that you could get because I went in at 6 30 and i was done by 9 a.m so i've heard they're a great part-time employer like i've heard that are, for many years yeah they are a great part-time employer if you're looking for full-time it's just um it's not a great career um it's yeah it's great it's great for part-time people but um yeah so i was done by nine every day and i could schedule my first inspection at 10 my second inspection at two if if I had two inspections, and that was just a lot of work because, um, you know, if you do the two inspections, you get home, you got to wrap things up, finish the report and all. Um, 
that just that's a long long day and to do several of those in a row was just exhausting did you do was it like hey you had to be in bed by a certain time because i can only imagine starting that early going through a full day inspections wrapping them up and then family time and then you know and then it's like right then you got to be present for family. i know i mean i was basically gone all day for some of those long days and um that you know that's just one of the reasons that everyone wants to quit their second job just to be home with their family a little bit more but um yeah i didn't have like a hard and fast bedtime but we usually go pretty go to bed pretty early our kids go to bed pretty early too so that worked out but yeah it was tough and honestly uh one of the reasons or one of the ways i got through was just spectora is just fantastic for um scheduling stuff putting stuff on the calendar it uh, i saw really early on that that was going to be one of the tools that i needed to i mean like you could do it with isn and there's some other options out there but just as far as an overall package, it's a shameless plug. You didn't, Kevin didn't say, tell me to do this, but uh, no money, no money exchange involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but the time slots, right? I think for, yeah. for anyone that's a firefighter, I hear that one a lot. Um, Amazon, FedEx, Uber, whatever else you do, you could just set those time slots and say, this is when I do inspections and agents can adapt to that or clients can adapt to that. Right. Is that what you found? Right. Right. Yeah. And that really, that was probably a strategy that really helped too, is just saying, Hey, look, my inspections are at 10 and two. That gives me a couple, you know, three, four hours to get through a house, some travel time, lunch time, And it just, it just allowed me to do that. And, and that's something that served me well today too. Even, even not having to go into FedEx, it just moves my schedule uh, a little earlier. So were there ever any conflicts or times that made it kind of hard to juggle those or was your schedule just that that great to where it was, Hey, early morning, no one's usually trying to do a, you know, a 7am inspection or 8am inspection. Yeah. I didn't really have any conflicts. Usually, uh, usually my schedule was open enough, especially like the first year doing 30 inspections, you know, that's, you know, my schedule was wide open, Mm -hmm. Um, but the probably where it did come into play and did cause me some, um, just headache is I'd have to take calls while I was at FedEx. Uh, I'd have to either pull over or make a stop or something like that to hear a customer, take their information down, find out their realtor and whatnot. So there's definitely some stress points and like, I need to make some phone calls, but I'm actually driving right now or I need uh-huh. to take a phone call. And so that's definitely um, a stress point. Do they like, they kind of, I imagine they track your efficiency too, right? So it's probably a little stressful being like, wow, I have to, you know, get off my route or be a little, uh, behind, but I got, I can't say no to an inspection. Yeah. I always, um, I always looked at it as if I don't smoke, but we were allowed to take a smoke break. So I always, (laughs) you know, I've, I've kind of banked a few hours of uh, smoke break time. So if I take a five, we'll make a phone call. That's fine. That's as defendable as it gets. It's like, if you can slowly kill yourself and take a break to do that, surely you could do something that's good for you. That's growing a business. Yeah. Uh, Right. (laughs) Love that. Um, How did you get your first 10 inspections? Like, where did they come from? Yeah, that's a good question. Looking back, I had a couple, uh, couple like, so my very first one, a friend who helped me start the business uh, was actually buying a condo for his mom. Mm-hmm. So he let me do the inspection. I gave him a super killer good deal. Yep. <laughs> I think I made like 50 bucks on it yep. or something. That was way just, just for the experience itself. But it, you know, going to Indernachi uh, as a um, 
certified professional inspector with the Indernachi, they require you to do one paid inspection. And so that checked the box for me. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I don't care what I get paid as long as it's a dollar or more. It's, yep. it's, so, so he gave me my first job and then there was this, uh, there's some realtors in our church that uh, do probably, I don't know, 25 to 50 inspect or transactions a year. Wow. So they're, they're making some, some good, uh, uh, have some good contacts and transactions and stuff. And they trusted me with uh, a couple inspections to get me started. Some people in the church and some of the clients within the church. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of a mixture of that. And, you know, the other thing I did at the beginning of the, um, my first year is I sent out some warranty flyers, like, Hey, you're coming up on your warranty, 11 month warranty, uh, or the end of the warranty with a builder. And that's actually gotten not a ton of traction, but just enough to give me a little bit more work. And it's led to a lot of repeat work as well. No kidding. How did you send them out? Like physical flyers? Yeah. Just actual physical mailers. Yeah. Which is kind of old school, but, um, I could hit all of Larimer and Weld County, uh, which is where I'm at in Colorado here. Um, so yeah, I've got a little bit of traction with that. And a lot of those people have, so a lot of people, if they're buying their first time home, they'd buy their home. I'd send them a warranty flyer. They would um, call me back in like a year or two and have me do a, a full home inspection for something they were purchasing. And then one guy just recently hired me a third time to uh, do another property he was purchasing. So it's been kind of cool to see the results of that. Yeah. Do you remember how much that costed? Because I, I'm, I've heard the cost for those have gone down to like fractions of a penny per impression, which it could be, a be it could come back to being a good deal <laughs> if it works. So what do you mean by that? Cause I was actually sending out like an actual paper flyer. Yeah. What did it cost you? Do you remember? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, uh, my friend has a commercial printer he uses and I think it was like maybe 50 cents to a buck each by the time postage, flyer, envelope, et cetera, mm -hmm. something like that. So it's not bad. You know, usually if I sent out about a hundred or so, hundred, 150, if I got two or three back, it more than cover the cost of it. So it was yeah. And, and like, it's funny, I'm almost uh, like getting, I, the more someone <laughs> I'm trying to channel the inner tech person in me where the more people go away from a technique or strategy, the more I'm interested in it because then it, naturally the cost either goes down or, um, there's opportunity and it's not flooded. And it's like, you know, one, 2% response, right? Like if that's not that different or far off from digital ads, it could be worth incorporating that into people's arsenal. So I, I love that you, you tested that out and you're aware of the results. So then you could say, you know, it's not like it was a flat out loss either. Um, yeah. Yeah. Usually if I can get one on each mailing, yeah, that's fine. But what yeah. I've found is really valuable is that if I do like there's some streets in Erie, Colorado and some streets in Longmont, Colorado, which is just kind of random places. But um, there's some streets where I've literally done 50 to 75 percent of the homes on one street because one guy will get my flyer and he'll hire me to do the, the job. And then he'll tell all his neighbors, you got to hire this guy. He found like all these things that the builder forgot. And many of those have not been because I usually give a pretty good discount through the warranty flyer uh, mailing just to get people to actually bite into it. Um, 
And then uh, many of those are not uh, discounted inspections. So many of them are full price inspections. So it's been, it's been a great marketing scheme. It's not going to give me, uh, never going to be a, like you're never going to make your soul living off of it, but it's been a good source of revenue. Yeah. I like that. I mean, like you said, like taking over like little blocks at a time, um, it adds up. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so kind of in that same vein, let's talk about, um, just like rolling growth in general, like steady growth and how you, how you manage that mentally. I think like, like we talked about with the podcast sometimes, um, almost sometimes, sometimes too much glamorizing that and, and saying that's the only way I, I really love this conversation because it's also like social media where you only see the highlights and it seems like mm-hmm. everyone's always in Europe or in Mexico making millions of dollars exactly. and we're all, and we're all just sitting at home like losers. Right. And so, right. <laughs> so right. T- tell me how you um, keep your mind right and navigating that and just how you, how you view it. Um, having listened to the podcast, other episodes, and then um, kind of how you approached me with what we would chat about. Yeah, it, you're so right because uh, you know you'd you'd have especially the first year, first year or two, when it was pretty quiet, you'd get this like busy stretch where you get like two or three inspections uh, each week for like a month, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, dude, this is awesome. And then you get back <laughs> to quiet, and you'd be like, what is wrong with me? Like, what have I done wrong? Like, I've, I've ticked off all my realtors; they they hate me. <laughs> so I think part of that is just just keeping your head in the game and realizing. Like, hey, there's there's micro and macro trends. Um, there's, you know, you may have a stretch where all your realtors are not landing contracts. And mm-hmm. um, I you know, I've talked with several of them and they've said, yeah, the last six weeks, it's just, we've, we haven't had much luck uh, landing contracts. And so I think it was just, yeah, it, part of that is just like the mentally, mentally engaging your mind and saying like, no, it's fine. Just keep plugging away. You just got to keep going and you just got to keep working at it. I like the holistic approach to it because yeah, I think every inspector needs to be aware of kind of where interest rates are generally speaking, because I think tick ticks up and down in interest rates and mortgages matter um, in right. people's decisions. Cause like it's affordability, it's buying power. So that that's something that you could think, like you said, the insecurity of like, Oh no, like was I too harsh on those inspections or those agents hate me now? Yeah could just be people are on the fence for, you know, another month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I remember one agent, I hadn't heard from her from about like six months. And so I called her up one day just to catch up. And I think I had something to talk with her about, but anyways, I, I called her and talked with her and she's like, Oh, I broke my arm or broke my elbow this past summer. And I was out of work for like six weeks and, I just felt like bad for thinking like, Oh, she hates me now. She <laughs> work. And then, you know, she had just broken her elbow. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. But I think, to, you know, that's one area where I need to grow and I need to be better at just, Hey, I haven't heard from such and such. Don't be afraid of just picking up the phone and calling them like, Hey, is everything okay? How are you doing? Especially in this COVID world of like, Hey, are you, how are you doing? You managing okay. And you know, just things like that. I need, I need to be better at that and grow and, just agent relationships as not as a, they're a funnel to lead to business, but Hey, these are people, these are friends, these are coworkers, so to speak in a, you know, in a different sort of way. Oh, that's huge. I think that's a major theme that we've, we've talked about. I'm so glad you brought that up because 
that's a great goal for everyone in the new year. If you're into resolutions or whatever you're into of just carving out 10 minutes a day. So then that's like, you know, one or two emails, maybe a phone call um, to some, they could be top producers or not top producers, but I think it's more of the exercise of reaching out to a business partner and just seeing how it's going, wishing them well. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I think that's one of the areas that I'm looking at growing in this year and trying to push on myself, not being the charismatic person, but uh, just forcing myself to make some phone calls, send a text, email, whatever, just to keep up with say agents. Not so much, again, not so much just because they're going to send me a ton of work, but just because I know them and their friends or whatever. Yeah, and I think for those, for anyone that maybe isn't as strong in person or um, face-to-face, this is like kind of a dream scenario where the digital is everything. And of course, I believe one-to-one is the best in terms of phone call, email, personalized email. That's like, if you can do that, do that for everybody. But right, not realistic. I think newsletters win, win here. I think newsletters with interesting content. I think every inspector needs to be doing that. Um, that's something we want to build into Spectora actually is the ability to send out those mass messages um, to be able to just kind of check in and touch base with everybody to re-engage them. Cause I think that yeah. that's a mass way to do it, but I love your, what you're thinking too, of the individualized way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's one of the areas that I want to grow in this year and push myself to do better. And everyone always says to me like, well, what do I, I don't have any, I don't have a reason to reach out. So it's like, I, my advice is always to find one. So it's like, if you, if you never read anything about our industry or about your local area, how are you ever going to have anything interesting to share? Right. So I tell people like subscribe to newsletters, find information, like go on next door, see what's going on. Then you might have something to share. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and frankly, I mean, we have so many different things that we write up on every single inspection that we have enough content that if we're to disciplined enough to sit our butts down in a chair and actually do some content, you know, producing some content, we, we have enough sources of information for that. I mean, it sounds tr- uh, trite, but people always need to clean out their gutters. They need a reminder to clean out their gutters, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was interested this year because I, I finally actually did clean out my gutters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't take our own medicine, right? But um, I finally did clean out my gutters. And then I realized like, you actually need to do this like three or four times in the, in the fall season. You can't just do it once. And, uh, that's, that would be helpful for somebody to hear. It was helpful for me. Yeah. And agents typically don't have this type of mindset. I can, I can speak as an ex agent that when they get a reminder of this, they're happy to forward stuff onto their clients. And so then you're kind of a, a source True. of uh, info for them. So I think like the things you, the things inspectors think are little and insignificant or oh, everyone knows to do that. No, they don't. I promise right. you they don't. <laughs> right. Right. And even something as simple as gutters. I mean, they everybody needs to hear about them. Everybody who owns their own house needs to hear about them. Everybody who's thinking about owning a house needs to eventually know about them. So yeah, it's so simple, but. Yeah. So I, I want, I guess I, I always want everyone to put themselves in the mindset of, can I package up a few tips like this every month and kind of position yourself to agents like, Hey, forward this along to your buyers and sellers, probably helpful information makes you look good. Uh, makes me feel good. It's a win-win. And so, um, that's kind of the strategy I think that most people, um, should be taking on in this COVID world. 
Yeah, especially in this COVID world. I think, and I think you guys did a podcast recently with um, what's his name? A guy named Tim in uh, Chicago yeah. who was yep. doing some extra content. Yeah. Yeah. He's big on the content marketing. Um, yeah. What else, what else do you have kind of top of mind or what else, um, do you want to explore kind of in a, in a, in a quarantine COVID, uh, marketing world? In marketing world. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess I'm just realizing that, uh, like for everything I do, there's, there's like a chain of things that you could do. So for instance, if you take a blog post, just so, say on gutters, like we're, we're talking about you can make a facebook post you can make an instagram post you can um, send out a youtube video create a youtube video and so and a youtube or an email uh, chain uh email uh, campaign i guess is what mailchimp calls it so i guess i'm re also realizing like in this digital world there's there's so many platforms that you take one content thing such as a blog post and you can turn it into so many different things so that you don't have to like duplicate, you know, you don't have to come up with six different topic, topics, one for Facebook, one for Instagram. You know, I had a inspector at a, a local event back, I guess, uh, last summer. So summer or fall of 2019, he was like, yeah, I guess I should do this social media thing. And I was like, well, but you need to figure out what it's doing for you. <laughs> like are you trying to market are you trying to educate and i realize there's some overlap but for me i just decided you know primarily for social media that's just a way to get content out there for for google to search me uh, you know see that i'm posting content out there so i have fun with it and you know i'll just post the stupid things that i see uh, that, I, that i find all over uh, but you can do the same thing with like a blog post where take a blog post make a video turn it into Facebook, Instagram, whatever platforms you're using, just you turn one thing into like six different things that's on six different platforms. And it's not that much more work. Exactly. Repurposing content. I would, I'd say it's one of the most, one of the few, one of the top underrated kind of concepts that inspectors typically don't understand or grasp or even try to do. And yeah, one one piece of content should turn into six. Should be a multiplier effect yeah. there. Right. Um, I do. I want to. I want to dig into this because when you said like, I think every inspector just quote knows they need to do social media, which is so vague and basically minimizes your chances of success thinking of it right. that way, as opposed to how do I add value? How do I um, put stuff out there that people engage with or like or are interested in? Um, Cause it's humans on the other end. That's what I always try to remember to tell people like these are right. humans just like you that have interests that laugh at things. Um, yep. And so I love that. You're just like, I'll have to, I, I'm pretty sure our spectator account follows you, but I'll, I'll have to. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm I'll check on some of the stuff you're doing on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I, I think I just realized that, Hey, we all take things so seriously and let's just have a little fun with social media. And so oftentimes it's just the kind of the zany or the, the, the funny things, even like one of my recent posts on Instagram was just a funny sign that I saw in the, in some bathrooms, you know, cause we run across some funny stuff all the time. And oh yeah. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that those are some of your highest engagement posts, right? Like you get the most likes or comments on those types of posts. That's my guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It's like the ones where I post memes, like industry jokes, like kind of jokes that we all get uh, working in this business, highest engagement by like probably fivefold. Right. Um, so that just goes to show you that everyone likes a little bit of humor. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I can do better at doing educational stuff and actually use it for uh, to agent engagement and things like that. But I think I've also realized um, I, I don't have a huge social f- uh, media following as far as agents goes in mm. the area. And again, you know, I can, I can do better at, at pushing on that, but at the same time, a lot of people are just friends or, you know, interested in seeing the things that I see. And so um, I just don't want to take it too seriously. I like it. And my framework for this is there's, there's three tiers or levels you should be at with social. Don't do it at all or do it the way you're doing it, where you don't take it too serious. You put out enough content to show that it's active and that you're, you're having fun with it or three, go all in on it and really make it a channel where you um, get growth from and get a ton of agent follows to where you might actually get more business from Mm -hmm. Um, because the way you're doing it to me is kind of the eye check where if someone happens to come across it, they find you, you're active, you're vibrant, you're doing good things. Great. Like if an agent happens to stumble across it. So, um, but anywhere in between nothing and what you're doing, like I see the either automated posts or the same old, Hey, need an inspection. Right. Just don't do it. Yeah. I'd say just, yeah. just put your time elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've yet to actually get any business from social media um, that at least that I know of, but at the same time, that's, that doesn't mean it's not valuable um, both in terms of just keeping the content fresh. It's fun. It's fun for other people to see. And uh, at some point, you know, if I push it enough, I might start getting some agent interaction from it, but yeah, I'm a fan too, for internal reasons that it it builds confidence. It, you know, maybe could lead to you doing videos this next year. If you do a few things on little bite size, uh, you know, inconsequential posts on Facebook or Instagram. So I think it's all good things to put ourselves out there. So I, I just encourage everyone to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and commenting on other people's stuff is how you really grow your accounts. That, that's what that's a big misconception that I'm always kind of um, kind of putting out there is that if you engage with a bunch of agents' posts, they're seeing your name, they're seeing your brand. Um, sure. You know, they may just DM you, they may just follow you, and they may end up using you. So it, yeah. it, it can work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it seems like our business is our industry is one where you've got to spend some time laying bricks and laying a foundation and eventually you'll start building a better, you know, getting some more traction and whatnot. But it seems like the, the first couple of years, especially you've got to go wide and just start putting stuff out there and all over the place as much as you can. For the inspectors that are say making, say they're making less than a grand a month, right. And they're in that first kind of choppy, first couple years, part-time, what advice would you give them when, you know, some people pull the plug too quick. Um, some people have expectations not set properly. Um, yeah. What were some of the things you did that worked or what advice would you give them in terms of laying it brick by brick and kind of, you know, the day to day, it's like right. watching paint dry sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had some agents that told me at the very beginning, including the agent that you know, we used, um, when we bought our, bought our first condo and whatnot, 
they're like, look, it just takes a while to get into the business. Um, and that has been, that has served me so well just to hear those words kind of ringing in my ears of like, look, it's kind of a war of attrition in the sense of you just got to stay in the business and there's going to be days when you just don't know what to do, but think of something, use that time to write blog posts, to make videos, etc. but don't, don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up too soon. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to jump from like 30 inspections in my first year to a hundred the next year, but there were still moments when it was like, man, there's, this is so slow. What am I doing? <sighs> I mean, my wife and I, not uh, to be fully transparent, my wife and I had had some pretty difficult conversations at one point of like, like, is this thing going to get off the ground or is it not? <laughs> and how many years are we going to have to wait? But uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some moments where it's, where it's slow, but at the same time, there's a good investment opportunities of like spending time blog posts, spending time on your website, spending time doing this or that, and uh, trying to just in, engage with realtors as much as possible. When you went from 30 to 100 plus, um, did you do anything in that year of doing 30 that you felt like kind of kind of came to fruition in the following year? Or what do you think some of those big difference makers were? I don't think there was any one particular thing. I think uh, the second year I was just a little bit more well-known. Uh, I don't didn't come from a real estate background. I didn't know many agents, hardly any in the area. And so uh, there's just a couple of agents that I picked up and started working with late the first year that really propelled me into the second. And I guess that's the other thing is when I first started, I wasn't really ready to go in early 2017. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of got ready and started, but it's always the, the catch 22 of like, do I just launch out there and say, I'm doing this or do I wait until I get my stuff ready and marketing materials? And, and I think it was a little bit late to the game in 2017. So I was finalizing some stuff and finalizing some business things um, Mar late March, early April. And so I, I was a little bit, late to the party that year so to speak and things that already kind of gotten going and rolling and whatnot and so i in my eight the number of agents i interacted with just wasn't as much as I, I, mean, I probably could have if i had been a little bit more aggressive in getting out there earlier in the year got it got it and and to me it, it you hit on something so important there where you talk about the attrition and just hanging in there that I would add, and I would add to that, everyone examining your habits. And so if you want to get, if you're thinking about getting to the next level, what are you doing every day or every week that you know is going to accumulate into results? Um, yeah. You know, and I think if you're only interacting with one or two agents a week or a month, they better be damn good interactions. They better be followed up with, they better, you better follow them on social. There better be all kinds of wowing of them, right? Because- right what else do you have to do? You know? And so I think there, it kind of kills me a little bit when I've, when I observe the mentality of you're just doing the inspection and then hopefully more comes in. Like it has to be gotten, right. you got to go get it. And right. like that, 
it just resonates with me because like in the early days of Spectora, when no one would talk to me, I was buying Starbucks gift cards just to, for them to tell me their feedback on who they currently use. Right. I sent follow-up emails. I asked, I, I went above and beyond. I talked to them on Facebook on and off for weeks. Um, I do a demo at 6am, like whatever they wanted. I was kind of just around. And I think that's kind of that hunger that you have to have for anyone looking to for, for a realtor to tell another realtor about you, they got to feel pretty strongly, right? They got to feel something. Right. right. Yeah. And I think I, that's one thing that if I looked back, I probably should have done better is I should have capitalized a little bit more on that time. And I probably would have gotten a little faster growth if I had done some of those things. Um but it's, it's hard to beat yourself up too much because you're working a second job and trying to manage all these things. I did a lot of education that year. Um, and all that's really good. I think I would probably add to what you just said in, in the sense of like, you as an inspector really need to know how you're adding value to the, your agents. And if you can't concisely do your elevator spiel, so to speak, of this is how we add value to you, I think it's going to be a, a struggle to grow um, at all. And I think that's something I've come to realize and come to realize with much more clarity um, in recent days. Like this is how I'm adding value to agents. I love that. And it's got to be, yeah, I love that. You got to think of it on your own and kind of arrive at that and be real about it. Um, right. And, and then all of us can add our own individual spin. We can add our own individual um, flavor to it, so to speak. And for me, I want to, I've realized recently, I want to be like educating agents. I'm kind of a teacher by personality mm -hmm. and nature. And that's what actually jazzes me is to, I get really excited about teaching agents, teaching others, whether that's a homeowner, whether it's an agent, but in this case, teaching agents and helping them grow in their understanding of like the home and uh, how different aspects of a home can hurt, help, whatever your, um, the actual transaction and things like that. So that's what I want to do and push on a little bit more this year. I see. And that's clear. You clearly explain that. And I think that's something you can really put in different places. You could get, you could add different stuff on your website to speak to that. And then when it actually happens on site, it's just a cohesive kind of brand experience. And so I love, I love that. And it's something agents will remember. Um, I know every inspector that took the time to explain something to me that I was curious about made a very solid impression on me and I felt better yeah. about him. I was like, wow, you really took time to explain that thoroughly. You know, I like this guy. Right. Right. Talk to me a little about you, you mentioned in the, in the invite here of, of just quote, making it versus business planning. Let's uh, let's unpack that for a second and kind of what that means to you right now. Yeah. So I think I've, I've, like I said earlier, I think I've, my goal in the business thus far was pretty much with that mindset of just the technician. And if any of you haven't read the um, entrepreneurial myth or the e-myth book, I don't know who wrote it, but early on in my business, somebody, another small business owner said, Hey, you should really check this out. And uh, it's basically the myth of like, hey, I like to do home inspections, so I'm going to start a business doing home inspections. Or Sally likes to bake cakes, 
And so she's going to start a bakery only to realize that in a few years, she's not baking cakes anymore because the business has so overwhelmed her that she's not actually doing what she loves to do. And I think thus far, I've been thinking as a technician of like, hey, I'm a home inspector. I love education. I love things about the house. I love understanding the house. I love building science. All those things are really cool to me. But at the same time, that is that doesn't make for a good business. And like it or not, we are business people and we have to think like businesses. So I think I've shifted to from just making it as a technician to, hey, I actually need to like plan where I'm going to go with this business. Do I want to be able to sell it at some point? If so, then I'm going to have to choose F, Y, or Z and go down that road. Do I not want to sell it? And do I want to just be the solo inspector for the next, you know, 15, 20 years of my career? Um, that's going to be a different path to take. But in any case, I've got to make those business decisions and, and start actually looking to, hey, this is where I want the business to go. This is what I want my time career to look like. And since it's my own business, I can actually make some of those things happen, but I'm going to have to make some decisions to get there. Oh, and it's the E-Myth and it's by Michael Gerber, G-E-R-B-E-R for anyone looking. Uh, yeah, the E-Myth, why most businesses don't work and what to do about it. So I've read it and I agree with you. It It's such a foundational concept and why so many home inspectors don't make it. Yeah. it it's pure and simple, a top, you know, top two or three thing that I can think right away. Um, and yeah. I love so if that. You're, yeah, if you're a young inspector and you don't know what to do with your time, read the E-Myth. <laughs> Oh, huge investment. Yeah. Huge return yeah. on investment on this. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I love that you mentioned planning and forward vision. Um, you know, IEB is doing great stuff with this. Yeah. And I think you can do it on your own too, until you're ready for that level, um, you know, to kind of join something like that. But I think basic vision does wonders, you know, we do individual and company planning every quarter, every year. Um, it gives you something to shoot for. You know, because yeah. if you're just kind of in the dark thinking like, hey, I just want more inspections, like how hard you don't know how hard to work or how are you getting close to hitting a goal or not? You're just kind of shooting in the dark. Right. And I think I've had some like uh, vague goals about like, hey, I want to get to this many inspections and this many inspections next year. And I think that's been helpful. But at the same time, uh, I, I've just realized recently, you know, I actually need to make some really concrete um, steps. And for me, I'm realizing I actually want to sell the business at some point. I don't want to do home inspection or do home inspections is called through addicts and, and whatnot forever. Uh, you know, I'm going to wear out at some point. And so for me, that means I think I'm going to look towards hiring somebody not yet, obviously, but I'm going to start thinking towards that maybe end of this year and start of next year, year and a half, two years, whatever, whatever it's going to be. But I'm, I've realized like, Hey, that's actually where I want to go. So I'm going to try to make some plans and, and try to get there. I'm a big fan of this. And it's, it, it's very realistic to build up a solo business and sell it to some of these large multis that are growing. And, you know, you, whether you continue to work with them or you get a, a sum, a, a chunk of money that really changes your life. I, I've seen it happen. I, you know, we have some very large companies at East Victoria that have purchased smaller home inspection companies. I don't know the numbers, but I know that it changed their life. Mm -hmm. And I see, I guess a, 
as a solo inspector, as I started out that way, I see a lot of people that, that, and myself being one of them, as when I first started, I never really wanted to think about that. I never really wanted to take the time to think like, hey, in 15 years, where do I want to be? It was just kind of, well, I hope by then I have enough inspections. Well, that that's, it's just such a bad business vision um, because again, like it or not, we're, we're business people and we should act like it. In hindsight, do you know, or, or have you had any thoughts as to why you didn't think that way or maybe avoided that? I'm trying to like dig into maybe people that are listening, what stops them from, you know, having that goal or vision or even like thinking that far in the future? Yeah, I think part of it was just avoiding that, not wanting to make that decision and not wanting to even think or content, contemplate uh, bringing somebody else on and being part of a team and you know, I can do it best myself. Nobody else can do it like me. It's like, well, yeah, actually there's probably some people that can do it better. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably be be humble and acknowledge that. Yeah, I do it my way, but, and there's, there's saying, I appreciate some of what IEB has said in my brief interactions with them and some of their posts, but like, Hey, even, even just, I think you and Michael actually talked about it a little while ago of just like, Hey, let's write down some of our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this, if you actually put it on paper, you you can help others uh, come along in that journey with you. Um, so I think I've shifted from like, ah, I don't want to really think about it. I don't really want to talk about it. I don't even really want to entertain the idea of hiring someone to actually, I'm excited about making a culture of people that care about people and agents enough that they're willing to work with me and we're, we can do something together in our area that um, um, agents will appreciate and home buyers will appreciate as well. Yeah. This stuff has to be on everyone's websites. I don't get, it's like under, we even underdo it. So I'm like, I'm like being hypocritical here and saying that we all should be putting our values and what we stand for uh, in the business sense on our websites because agents come across that and they, they you know, they, it makes an impact. And so Sure. I love that you're talking about this. And I also think people don't do it because it's a, it's a protection mechanism to where if we don't put ourselves out there that deeply, cause that's talk, that's getting into like emotions and values. Right. right? Then if we fail, it's okay. It, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it, but, God, but what would it have been if we did launch ourselves out there and did take a risk and people are like, dude, I love the way that guy's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think we undershare on that front um, as a, as an industry uh, because there's certain industries where it's front and center all the time. And so, yeah, I love, I love even the things we've talked about on this podcast. Hopefully you even go back and you're like, well, I could put that on my website a little more. Cause that sounded pretty good. <laughs> you know, when we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, it, for sure, yeah, there's much I could spruce up myself. Yeah. And uh, you know, places like email signatures or your follow-up emails, your, you know, your reminder emails, there's always opportunities to like um, sprinkle this stuff in. Um, So I love that. And I love the technician versus business owner. I think business planning, we all need, we can never do enough courses and reminders on that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Um, So yeah, we got, got a few minutes left. What, uh, let's talk. I mean, what do you want to talk about? We could talk about some of that forward looking vision stuff or what you have planned for this next year. You mentioned hiring which is always mm-hmm. uh, terrifying and exciting. Right, right. <laughs> um, well, how are you approaching that? That's, um, that's a tough one. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it's more of just uh, starting to think about that that possibility and think about okay, well, what does that mean um, for me? I'm trying to actually write down some of the things that I do, um, some of the things that I value. Um, even after your podcast with Michael, um, that just got me thinking, like, hey, I should actually write some of these things down just so that I can communicate them clearly. And these are my values. So I'm, I think we're a long ways out from hiring, especially if I'm at 100 inspection, 170 inspections a year. I'm not, I'm not quite there. But I'm, I, at the same time, I'm, I'm also realizing in order to do the teaching agents, the ongoing education for agents, et cetera, I'm going to need to be freed up. And I can't do three, 400 inspections a year myself. I just can't do that if I'm going to be able to invest the time to get good quality content in front of agents, whether that's like uh, mock home inspections or workshops, whether that's uh, continuing education credits or anything like that. So yeah. I was just kind of shifting mindsets a little bit of towards the, hey, I need to bring somebody else on at some point um, so that I can be freed up to do that thing that I really love, which is yeah. teaching agents. So, you know, and I, based on kind of what we've talked about and kind of knowing your journey. Um, I think it's the perfect time because it feels slightly uncomfortable. It's probably mm -hmm. feels a little premature, which means by the time you do the research and kind of work your way towards it over the course of months, it might end up being the perfect time for a booming summer. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I told my wife before I quit FedEx, I was like, you know, I think we're going to either, it's going to be uncomfortable to leave FedEx. Um, because we're either going to have to do it a little sooner than we're wanting, or we're going to have to do it way after, you know, and it hurts to, because we're just jammed packed and with our schedule and whatnot. And I think this is kind of the same thing where that you're either going to do it too late or too early. There's, I think very few people are probably going to do it right when they need to. So I'm just trying to think about like, and prepare for that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone wants to believe everyone had it figured out and was well-planned. And in reality, we all have our story of, oh my God, I was in over my head and I did this too soon. You know, even with Spectora, it's like, I, I could do a whole episode on talking about how me and my wife were in debt and spent all of our money buying a new house and had, you know, and we're like, is this going to work? Like it was terrifying. And, right. um, and I think I, I'm excited for you because I believe you, you, you know, you have the potential to probably do really well at, at writing videos, education. I think like if, if anyone doesn't want to do face-to-face -face stuff, becoming a good writer is a way to definitely acquire more agents and grow a business. Sure. Um, yeah. But no, love that planning. Um, good luck on the job hunt. I know it's not easy to find great people out there. Um, yeah. It's a whole new animal. Um, yeah. We'll see what that's like. I know my dad always told me he was in management at some software, um, yeah, software development company or something. And he's like, yeah, there's a, always a great divide between the person who's an actual engineer and the guy who's managing the engineer. So I guess I'm about to cross that, that <laughs> great divide. <laughs> but hopefully I can be enough in, uh, be enough in both worlds that we can still do some inspections and, and uh, do education and uh, bring up a team with me. So we'll see. You know, I, I always tell people put up the we're hiring or are, um, um, you know, looking for inspectors ahead of time and you just never know who finds you and who, and you may 
you know, maybe you get a technician, but maybe you also get a person that's great at helping grow the business. I think that's always mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. If you find an entrepreneurial type person that just needs some structure around them and they just happen to come across your site, it's yeah. uh, crazier things have happened. Yes. I mean, so much of what we don't do is because of the fear of the unknown and just the fears of, of like, I just don't know what's going to happen. Is this too much of a risk? And I've been learning recently that I just, I've just kind of jettison those and just push through and um, just, just launch it, just send it, <laughs> just send it, just ship it, you know, cause Think of it this way. If you put that up in an agent sees it, maybe it's like, man, this guy's busy. He's hiring. That's a good look for one. And then two, what's the worst that happens? You have a few resumes in your inbox that you maybe don't get around to looking to where you glance at and see their background. There's no downside. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And other things too, like social media, blog posts, just do it. I guess that's probably the best, best recommendation for, for uh, guys out there is like, just do it. And if, and this is, I love this because this is coming from someone that doesn't identify as an outwardly extroverted person where you, you've, you've kind of grown. It sounds like, and like not taking yourself too serious and saying like, you know, just put stuff out there. It's going to be yeah, okay. For sure. Yeah. I, <laughs> in a fun way, I, I've, I've started to kind of just play in my own head when I'm hesitating to do anything. I'm just like, no one cares. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in a good way, you know, like in a, not in a dark way, but more like, right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's that line from Jurassic Park where um, somebody was selling the uh, the dinosaur eggs to that that fat guy. And it was his Nedry, uh-huh. and uh, he's like, "Yeah, don't don't say anything." But here's the here's the stuff, and I think Nedry was like, "That's in, that's in, we got that's in here." See, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, nobody really cares. Yeah, and uh, and people, you know, and agents love seeing that from home inspectors because it's not the norm. So I think you're standing out already by just having that mentality. Um, and it's a great lesson for, for any new inspectors looking to kind of get out of their shell or kind of break out and say like, there's always content you could be putting out there and there's you can never do too much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You just got to do it. Just brick by brick, put it out there a little bit, a little bit, and, uh, hopefully start reaping some benefits after a while. Love it. Um, well, right on. Yeah, this has been great, man. I, this is so refreshing. I love this. I think the new guys that, you know, the people that, um, the majority of, of our industry will love to kind of hear these more down to earth stories where, um, you know, it's not the hyper growth. It's not these huge, right. you know, huge Metro markets where apparently people are just buying houses hand over fist, even though Northern Colorado is kind of blown up. So it's kind of nice too, for you. Yeah, it's definitely a hot market. There's a lot going on between, Greeley and Fort Collins and, and whatnot. It's, it's definitely a hot market. Yeah. I love it. Well, you can keep riding the wave. Yep. As long as we can. All right, man. Well, uh, anything else that we missed or didn't go over that you want to touch on in the last few minutes here? I don't think so. I think we, uh, we covered a wide range. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Well, Hey, best of luck to you in the new year. Um, let us know how we can help as always. Um, love to bounce ideas anytime. So if you ever, if you ever have something or have questions, just, uh, just holler. Sounds good. Well, I'm talking with uh, Casey today about Spector Advance. So we'll see how that goes. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Actions. I feel like certain people can dial in their actions really well to, um, to either get those upsells or kind of stay in touch with certain agents. We're doing some cool stuff with that in the future of, yeah. um, you know, something like when an agent hits their fifth inspection with you, you can now send them a certain kind of email 
that's kind of more sure. in depth or in touch. So fun stuff. Sure. Awesome. Well, you guys are doing great work. I always appreciated your uh, software and and just the culture you guys have created. I saw, I started, I don't know if we, I guess we didn't talk about this, but I started using you guys for somebody when I was doing a few inspections for somebody else yep. um, and uh, started using you late 2017, but I didn't um, pick you guys up until the following summer. So summer of 2018, mm-hmm. I just couldn't afford it at that time with 30 inspections, but looking back, it's probably the other way around. I probably should have afforded it and it probably would have helped me grow a little bit more. But Hey, you, you found it eventually and uh, you're on a good path, man. And now, you, now right. you're using it to market. And I think that's, that's the way to go. For sure. All right. Well, thanks so much, Kevin. Hey, have a great day. And, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next year. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.